Good morning, it's nice to be with you today, albeit not together in reality, but we're together technically as we bring God's Word to yourself in your homes. Over these next four Sundays, we'll be going to look at uh, Advent in the month of December. Uh, Today, I'll be preaching on Luke chapter 1, verse 5 to 25, the neglected couple. Uh, 6th of December, Mary, the Lord's special servant. 13th is the Christmas family service, and the 20th is Joseph, the man God used. So, we're going to look at what is Advent. What does it mean? Well, it comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means the coming, the coming of a Savior, the coming of Christ the Lord, or the arrival of Jesus Christ. Now, looking back over the last 2,000 years and also looking forward, there are two types of Advent. The first is the looking back to that Advent or that coming when God became flesh incarnate. And when the, the second Advent is in the future, when Jesus will come again to this earth. He will come as Savior, which sometimes is something that we tend to forget because it's in the future. Sometime in the future, at the appointed time, Jesus will come again. So that's the second advent. He will return to this earth in glory, when every eye shall see him, and every one will confess that Jesus is Lord. So for today, we're going to look at Luke chapter 1, verse 5 to 25, and we'll just read that just now. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, When his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. Who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. 
And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their name. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. <clears throat> May God bless that reading uh, this morning to us. So here's the account of Zachariah and Elizabeth, father and mother of John the Baptist, a good Baptist man. And Zachariah was a priest in the Jerusalem temple. And as John the Baptist's father, he played a key role in God's plan of salvation. Because of his righteousness and obedience, verse 6 of Luke 1 states that fact. God can work many miracles in the lives of believers. And here was one of them. And God worked a miracle in the life of Zechariah to provide a herald to announce the coming of the Messiah. Another indication that the life of Jesus was divinely planned. And Luke tells us that Zechariah was chosen by Lot that morning in verse 9 to offer incense in the holy place, the temple's inner place where only priests were allowed. And as Zechariah was praying, the angel Gabriel at the right-hand side of the altar, and the, the angel Gabriel told him, that his prayer would be answered for a son. Remember, Zachariah and Elizabeth were an elderly couple, childless but upright and blameless in the Lord, verse 6 and 7 tells us. They were advanced in years. In our language today, we would probably say that they were over the hill in their 70s or 80s. And in these days, if you were a couple with no children, people would tend to look down on you. A sign of displeasure. After all, children, were they not a heritage of the womb, a blessing and a reward? The psalmist says in chapter 3 of Psalm 127, how is it such a godly couple had no children? Was there something hidden in their life? Was there something lacking in their faith? Were they being punished by God? Yet we know that many leaders of Israel were born of mothers who had long been childless. And we can think of Isaac and Joseph and Samson and so on. But God sometimes keeps his people waiting to better display his great power and his great glory and his mercy. And through all of this, he advances his plan for salvation. So here Zechariah was praying, and while he was praying, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, and fear fell upon him, verse 12 says. But the very fact that God was using an angel tells us of the importance of the message to Zechariah. And the angel stood at the right hand side 
of the, the altar of incense in verse 11. And this really meant something. It wasn't insignificant, this very detailed point. And it takes us back to the Old Testament in Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 1. It said, Then Satan stood at the right-hand side of Joshua to resist him. But in this situation, Zechariah had no devil at his right-hand side. He had the angel of the Lord to encourage him. And secondly, the position of the angel tells us that he appeared out of the holy of holies. In other words, he came from the very presence of the Lord, which is something only the high priest can do once a year after being washed and cleansed and making sacrifices for the sins of the people. So what does verse 12 say to us? It says, Zachariah was fearful. He was gripped with fear, one translation tells us. And why do you think uh, Zachariah was so fearful? Well, one of the reasons, I believe, is that when angels appear, it generally means divine judgment. And you can imagine Zachariah thinking to himself, what on earth have I done? What on earth have I done to have a presence of this angel? When angels visited previously, it was maybe like Sodom and Gomorrah, or when God punished the Egyptians as well as the Israelites, or the angel seen by Balaam's donkey. And Zechariah is so afraid, but the angel says to him in verse 13, Do not be afraid, for your prayer has been heard. And Zechariah is probably racking his brain thinking, what, what prayer? Remember, he was an elderly man. Maybe his mind wasn't as sharp as it used to be. And maybe he's thinking, what prayer is this that I'm being reminded of? They were a very godly couple. As every day they prayed for the kingdom of God to come in all of its glory. And there's a lesson here for each one of us today. As we are taken up maybe too much in the things of this world. Too much around us in all its technical advances. Do we pray that prayer like Zechariah did? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Do we live in this day and age with expectant hearts? Are our prayers so often selfish? And it's about me and what I need. Give me and bless me, me and my family, my children, my grandchildren. But what about God's glory? That should be the first thing on our lips. Yes, even before our families and before our husbands and wives and families. And this couple, Zachariah and Elizabeth, could see way beyond themselves as they put God first. So going back to that prayer that was heard in verse 13, it says, Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. What excitement. Once they got their mind round it. What excitement. You fathers out there. And fathers to be. Can you remember the day when your son or daughter was born? The elation. The excitement. Maybe some fear and trepidation. That you have a young baby to look after. You would have thought that Zachariah would have been encouraged. But what does it say in verse 18? He says, 
How can I know this? I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. If we'd been there, we'd probably have said, Get a grip, Zachariah. The Lord has answered your prayer. Oh, he prayed for his wife, yes. He knew her pain. Zachariah knew her sorrow and her shame as a childless woman. And here was a man that prayed for his wife. Here was a man that felt for his wife. Here was a man that thought about his wife, praying that his wife's disgrace would be taken away. What a lovely love story. And then when the angel announces that Elizabeth will bear a son, he goes on to doubt it. You see, he wasn't looking to God in faith here. He was looking within with all the, so, all the, the sorts of practical arguments. We're past it. We're too old. We no longer have the energy to bring up a child. And I know that it's something that Isabel has said to me on many occasions when we maybe have a, our grandchildren to stay over on a Friday night and they come toddling through at half past six in the morning. And she says, I know that we had, that's why we have kids when we're young. We don't have the energy as much. We love to see them dearly, yes, and it's great to see them come but sometimes it's nice to see them go as well. So here Zechariah had decided that the birth of a son was impossible. He was a godly man, yes, always praying for the coming of the Messiah. And he also prayed about his wife's situation. And when God answered that prayer, he couldn't believe it. Do you ever find that sometimes when we're praying for a certain thing? And then God answers that prayer. We're almost taken aback. We almost can't quite believe that he has answered that prayer. And did this not happen in the book of Acts to Peter in prison? When the church gathered and they prayed for Peter's release. And he was released. But the church couldn't believe it. And that's a bit like us at times. One writer said that our prayers are like checks. We make out our checks through the window of prayer, but we never seem to cash them in to the bank of heaven. Oh, God hears us, yes. He answers our prayers, yes. But sometimes we don't believe it. Sometimes we don't accept it and we doubt. And Zechariah is guilty of one thing here, and that was his unbelief. Look what the Lord did back in Genesis the very same thing for Abraham and Sarah, another couple well into their later years in life. It's so easy to be critical of Zechariah here, but turning this towards our own hearts, how guilty we can be sometimes of unbelief and lack of faith. Faith is blessed of God, but unbelief is judged of God. So because of Zechariah's unbelief, he was struck dumb. Verse 22, and when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. During this season of Advent, we're looking at different reactions 
to this good news? Do we not look for good reactions to the story of Jesus in Bethlehem and why Christ came into this world as a babe in Bethlehem? And Zechariah and Elizabeth had a son named John who was a forerunner to Christ, pointing the way to the Savior of the world. On this first Sunday of Advent, we see this godly man, Zechariah, and Elizabeth, the neglected couple. And he just cannot accept this good news of a son being born to them in their old age. This was their reactions to this good news. I wonder what your reaction is to good news. Good news that Jesus was to be born into this world and who would be the saviour of the world. There's not much good news around today with with this dreadful coronavirus around us. Terrible virus with now over 50,000 people in the UK ushered into eternity and many possibly without hope and without Christ. We live in a world today broken, broken by sin, broken into pieces. No one really cares about who God is. No one really cares about this babe in Bethlehem. Who is this Jesus guy anyway? What did he ever do for me? That's the way that the world thinks today. It's all about me, me, me. Oh, let's drink and eat and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And I want to warn you this morning to avoid the sin of unbelief. And I want to encourage you to accept the good news of Jesus. Yes, we might live in a broken world, but God has the answers. They're found in the pages of Scripture. He has the answers to take us up out of the miry clay and set our feet upon the rock of Jesus Christ and give us a new heart, a heart to praise God and to trust him for all eternity. Oh, we live in a world full of bloodshed and hatred We live in a world where people's hopes lies in their bank balance. And whatever materialism they can gather up. But what does the Bible tell us in Matthew 6 and verse 19? It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your heart is, your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Don't be caught up with what this world can offer, but be caught up with Christ, the Saviour of the world. Be like Zechariah and Elizabeth in Luke 1 verse 6. Both were righteous before God, blameless in all commandments. Oh yes, they were sinners. Oh yes, they had failures. 
They were ordinary people. They had faults like you and I. But they had a heart after God. And we live in a world of climate change. But God promises a time when the desert and the parched lands will be glad. The wilderness will blossom and rejoice like the crocus that will burst into bloom. Isaiah 35 verse 1. What a promise from God Almighty. And the most notable promise is in the last book of the Bible in Revelation 3 verse 1. It says, I am coming soon. Christ will return, not as a babe in Bethlehem, born into obscurity, but he will come in all of his glory and all of his majesty and all of his splendor. And the burning question to you and I is, will we be ready to meet him? The promise today from God is forgiveness and reconciliation. So in conclusion, during this season of Advent, we are looking for reactions to this good news of a Savior. On this first Sunday of Advent, we see a godly man like Zachariah who simply cannot accept the good news of himself becoming a father. It was too incredible. But Mark 10 verse 27 reminds us, with man things are impossible, but with God all things are possible. So may we believe by faith all the promises of God found in the scriptures of truth, which is God's holy word to us. Take him at his word. Believe in his word. Accept his word. And pray that the blessing of God would be on your life for all eternity, for his praise and for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word to our hearts today. As we look back to the time when you entered into this world as a babe at Bethlehem. And also as we look forward to that day when you will come back to this earth. And you will take us to be with yourself. We thank you for the, the, the godliness and the, the, the uprightness of this couple. This forgotten couple, Zachariah and Elizabeth. And we thank you for them. We thank you, Lord, that we can remind our own hearts of the graciousness and goodness of God. That in many occasions, that as he comes and answers our prayers, and we often forget maybe to return our thanks to you and to give you praise and glory for all that you've done for us. So bless every, everyone listening today. We pray, Lord, that you would bless each household. And take us on with yourself as we commend and commit each one to your care, asking all in through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his glory. Amen.